Today's reading is from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17 on page 1003 of the Bible. Once again Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus. Follow me. Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Good evening everyone. If you don't know me, I'm uh, Rob. Uh, I've not been here all that long. Um, but it's great to be here tonight and to look at God's Word together. I really hope it's going to bless you uh, and, and show you what God is like uh, just from these three, few verses in, in Mark's Gospel. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you the question, uh, why, why would you give your life up? To follow Jesus. Why, why would you do it? Your reputation, your time, why would you give up your finances, your money? Why would, you, why would you give up almost everything you have to follow Jesus? People, people do ask these kind of questions, don't they? they? They are intrigued as to why we would, on a cold light, night like tonight, come here to a, cold, well, a building and just sit here. And um, think about Jesus. Why? Why follow Jesus? Well, in this book, in the Bible, Mark, so far, even within the first few chapters, we've seen Jesus do some incredible things. So I'll just tell you about a few of them, just to remind us. Jesus has been shocking the people with his supernatural authority. And every time Jesus talks as if he's God, he then backs it up with an amazing miracle. And these miracles give us a clear picture of what Jesus' kingdom is going to be like. So let's have, a look, let's have a think about some of them. In the synagogue, Jesus taught with the authority of God, but then he demonstrates it. And what does he do? He, he controls demons. So get this, Jesus' kingdom is going to be one where there's no evil. Uh, then when Je- the next bit of Mark, just before the, the bit we get out today, Jesus assumed authority to forgive the sin of a man. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. And everyone was upset with him. But Jesus then proved it by making the man walk. So Jesus' kingdom will be one where our bodies are made whole again. But most of all, it's no place for sin. 
So Jesus' clear message, if you look back at Mark 1.15, is this. He tells us how we should respond. He says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. So he started with that question, why follow Jesus? Why would you follow Jesus? But actually, that's the wrong question, isn't it? If Jesus' kingdom is everything that Mark has been saying it is here, and Jesus can do all these things, then why wouldn't you follow Jesus? Surely that's a better question. Why wouldn't you? Well, why follow Jesus is the question that we're going to be looking at tonight. And it's linked to this passage here. And we're going to meet two people, two types of people, whose background and their answer to this question, why follow Jesus, is completely different. The first person we see, we meet, is Levi. Quite slow. Here we go. See that? Great, Levi. Okay, let's let's read from uh, that second verse we read. Levi. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd had gathered to him, and he began to teach them. As Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Here he is. You don't have to imagine it. There you go. Good illustration. Um, but if you, and if you were to look for this account in the other Gospels, you'd find it in two of the other three. So it's in three of the four Gospels. But you might miss it because you might see that the name given for the tax collector is, is Matthew. Levi, Matthew, what's going on there? That's a bit weird. But actually, if you, if you ever find something a bit weird or odd in the Bible, there's usually... Is probably a reason for it. Um, so why does Levi have two names? The first thing we see, Levi has two names because he is a traitor. Levi is a Jew, but he's working for the Romans, who speak Greek. And he has a, na- a Greek name, Matthew. Levi's job as tax collector is to take the taxes from his Hebrew friends the Jews, and give them to the Romans. He's a traitor. He's a traitor to his own people. He's like an Everton supporter sitting in the homestand uh, at a Liverpool game. Everyone knows he's meant to be on their side, but out of selfishness and greed, Levi has got in with the opposition. And he's doing it, taking the taxes that everyone hates paying to line his own pockets. This is the kind of guy that Levi is. People were seething with hatred for him. How can he do that? And, but with his two names and their meaning, we get a completely different picture of Levi. What do those names mean? Levi means joined or attached. And Matthew means gift of Yahweh. God. Gift of God. It's a very different picture. But actually, these two names point us to what Jesus is about to do for this man. If we put those names together, Levi, Matthew, we get the gift of God for this man is that he will be joined. So let's watch out for that as we go on. 
Well, one normal day, as Levi is at his desk doing his business, Jesus walks past, and to everyone's complete amazement, in verse 14, he speaks to Levi, this scumbag, and he says, follow me. And Levi got up and followed Jesus. Then we see that Jesus then even goes to Levi's house and eats with, with more tax collectors. Well, if you w- would have read the headlines the next day or that evening, the headlines might have said, traitor turned follower of Jesus. That's, who, that's what happened to Levi. Traitor turned follower of Jesus. And in interview, Levi might have, might have answered our opening question. Why did I follow Jesus? Well, he might have said this. My failings were on display for everyone to see. And yet this man comes to me and still wants to be my friend. He might say, having a friend like Jesus, who loves sinners like me, is better than earning stacks of money. Levi left everything he had and he followed Jesus. For Levi, the prospect of following Jesus was far better than his career or even his wealth and fortune. There was nothing sweeter to him than a God who was interested in sinful people. Why? Because Levi could see that he was a sinner. But what's, and what does it say at the end of verse 15? Well, there, may, there were many others, tax collectors, like Levi, who were drawn to Jesus. But what will we learn from Jesus called to Levi? Well, I hope we learn this. Levi wasn't busy looking for Jesus, was he? Levi was busy sinning. He was pursuing a life of corruption and sin. And when Jesus singled him out and called him, Levi had no time to work for for it, for that offer. It was completely the kindness and loving grace of God. And this means that God is happy to pick whoever he likes, regardless of what they've done, and invite them into his kingdom. He's God, he can do that. But it brings God the most glory when all the attention goes to him. People don't go away saying, wasn't Levi a lovely man? No wonder God wanted him. No, the Bible tells us that no man is good, not even one. So when God, Jesus, calls a man like this, he receives the glory. No one's talking about Levi. Everyone's talking about Jesus. And it is often true that people who know they've made made sinful choices in life are more likely to respond. Remember the the tax collectors? They're all, all going to Jesus. It's those who recognise their own failure to meet God's standard, who delight in the God who sits down and eats with sinners. Get this, they enjoy the wonder of Jesus' company, and Jesus is happy to take on the bad reputation that comes from their company. It's astounding, isn't it? They enjoy the wonder of Jesus' company, and Jesus is happy to take on the bad reputation that comes with having theirs. Who would think... God would be like this. Okay, we'll move on. We've seen the unlikely Levi and his enthusiastic obedience to follow Jesus. Levi even holds a feast for Jesus, inviting all his mates to come and meet him too. But at the meal, lurking in the background, are some uninvited guests spying on what is going on. Our second group will look at the Pharisees. 
It goes, uh, we'll, we'll continue reading. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? It's just a question, isn't it? It was what was going through their minds. But actually, they're trying to reject Jesus on the kind of people he associates with. By their book, a person is kept clean by staying away from people like this who break God's laws. The Jewish Jewish leaders thought this, that knowing the laws of God automatically made them God's chosen people. They were even using God's own laws later on about fasting and the Sabbath to condemn Jesus. In other places, they are even heard accusing Jesus of being a drunkard and a glutton. Crazy, right? What is their problem? What is their problem? Well, if you, if you look through Mark, they're always doing this, the Pharisees. This is actually the second of four times in just two chapters where the Pharisees criticise Jesus. And each time in his reply... All with a miracle. Jesus demonstrates his authority to them. Let me just show you where they are. Mark chapter 2. We have in chapter 2, the first story we have um, them saying in verse 7, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? He heals the paralysed man. In in the one we've just read and then in verse 18 they're at it again how is that how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting but yours are not they've gone to the disciples and then the Pharisees in verse 24 look why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath so they're stacking up their arguments against Jesus And even though every time Jesus proves his authority to them, point blank, they they don't respond in the way that they should. They don't back down. What is their problem? This is important because it's not as if the Pharisees just need to witness more of Jesus' power. You You could say that, can you? You could... You could argue, try and give them a bit of charity. They need to see more of Jesus' power. But they have. Each time Jesus shows them their power. And later they even depend on Jesus being able to heal and to trick him on the Sabbath. So they know, they know he can heal. They're using it against him. No, the Pharisees' problem, having seen all that Jesus can do, is that they just won't have him as their king. That's the truth of it. They won't, they won't have Jesus as their king. Instead of responding rightly in wonder and worship of Jesus, the Pharisees' hearts are hardening and they're plotting a way to kill him. So the Pharisees' reply to our question, why follow Jesus, would be, we we don't need to, because we are made right by knowing God's laws and we think we're pretty good at keeping them. Jesus should know better. The Pharisees won't follow Jesus, not because he isn't powerful, but because they think they don't need him. We're not sinful, so they reject Jesus. The Pharisees, rules, but rejecting. 
So what does Jesus do with those who reject him? Well, we see, don't we, that Jesus doesn't sweat. He doesn't lose any sleep. He doesn't even try, really, to argue them round. The Pharisees complain, we will not have you as our king. And Jesus replies, I will not have you in my kingdom. That's the shock of what's going on here. And the chill, really, the chilling thing of what is happening right under their very eyes is this. As they prepare yet another complaint for Jesus, he's already going about replacing them. How? With people like Levi. As the Pharisees and the Herodians reject Jesus, he turns to a collection of nobodies, some of them mere fishermen, and appoints them as Israel's new leadership. He says to Levi, follow me. Levi's name is Matthew. Matthew is one of the apostles who Jesus, who the testimony of Jesus was Jesus was going to send around the world. Collection of nobodies. And he appoints them as Israel's new leadership. So this is offensive to those who think they're good enough for God by their heritage or by observing extra religious laws. Jesus' kingdom will advance. And if these men are no longer fit for purpose, then Jesus will appoint new heads on which to establish his kingdom. When people reject Jesus, they will be refused his kingdom. And other people will take their place. So I hope we're seeing that the difference between Levi's response and I hope we're seeing just how shocking it is that the Pharisees don't realise what's going on here. And, and their persistent refusal to accept Jesus' authority. Ironically, who, who do the Pharisees put their complaint to? Well, it's not to Jesus. It's to the disciples. It's ironic, isn't it? They're going to the people who, the sinners, who Jesus has already called to be his followers. They're tr- desperately trying to come between the master and Uh, These men and their new master. They don't realise Jesus is already replacing them. And he has done so already. Jesus hears their complaints. And his answer for the Pharisees is clear. And it's clear for us too today. uh, Whether we know we're sinners needing help. Or whether we think we're good enough already. Uh, Let's look at it together. Um, Jesus' words... It shows us what Jesus came to do. And this point is Jesus, master for sinners. In verse 17, when Jesus heard it, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus makes a simple comparison here. You only need a doctor when you know you're sick in exactly the same way you only need Jesus if you know you have sinned and Jesus' warning here is actually that those who consider themselves to be good enough the righteous will not see their need for him so we've seen Levi traitor turned follower the Pharisees rules but rejecting and rejected Jesus, master for sinners. And in summary, 
What does this all te- what does all this teach us about the kingdom of God and Jesus? Jesus' kingdom will be free of evil, sickness and sin. Jesus calls people to repent, believe and enter into his kingdom. God's incredible kindness and grace is that he saves the sinners that he chooses and we can't and won't do anything to get ourselves in. So when people reject Jesus thinking they're good enough on their own, they will be refused his kingdom. This kingdom, God's true kingdom, is offensive to those who think they're good enough for God, who think that by heritage or by observing extra religious laws they are automatically in. They will hate this kingdom and hate Jesus for it. They'll try and kill him. But Pharisees will not get in the way of Jesus' kingdom. They, they would, themselves will be rejected. Instead, God's kingdom will be filled to the brim with repentant rebels like Levi, who love Jesus as their master. So where are you? While well, sitting here tonight, hearing of Jesus' power... We might not violently oppose Jesus, like demons or Pharisees. But if we reject Jesus gently and respectfully, respectably, which actually is the way his mother and brothers did, it's still the same. And if I reject Jesus as the rightful king of my life now, then I will be refused entry into his kingdom. But as we hear of Jesus' power, then we too can have him as our king. Follow him. And for us at church, what do we need to remember? What is Jesus' work? What should we be doing? What's Jesus doing? Calling sinners to repentance. That's what he's doing. So let's not make church or even outreach into this community about good behaviour or for respectable people. Let's speak about the God who welcomed rebels, traitors, sinners like us to those who desperately need to hear his amazing offer of grace. Um, Let me pray. So God, thank you uh, for these few verses that really just show us so clearly that, that you're not interested in people who think they're good enough for you. But you are incredibly interested in those who know they're not. And uh, thank you that you were willing to be friends with sinful people and to even take on the, sh- the shame and of that. But in that you were willing to, to be the friend to those who desperately needed it. To those who would give up everything, knowing that you are the thing they desperately need, the one they desperately need. And I do pray that you'd help us as we tend towards making something of ourselves and feeling good for it. I pray that you'd help us to to love you and to put you first and to want to share you with others, to invite people here, other tax collectors like us, Um, to hear how amazing your grace is. Amen.
you've got a story to tell us uh, about a railway station. Uh, oops, yep. There. Uh. This, this picture um, was to do with what we did yesterday. We went and travelled quite a lot by train, but I was struck because the people that I remember from that journey, I could describe them to you and Hannah, Hannah would know instantly who I was talking about. Because they're all people who were making a bit of a scene. There's a few rowdy guys on the phone shouting offensive stuff. And, and they, they drew through my attention. I just thought, actually, it's in those moments that we have a choice as Christians. Do we, do we look at them and think, which, which ideas, um, sinful people, you know, how can they behave like that? And that's the same judgmental thing that the Pharisees yeah. did. Um, so I guess the challenge to us is see them as sinners who need to be called to repentance. He didn't tell me the story, he just told me to put this on the end, so I thought, there's got to be a story there. Uh, so I wanted to ask him. Uh, any other questions you want to ask him? <laughs> he ducked out the hot seat fast, but you can get him back again. Okay, let me ask a question then. Who are the kind of Matthew stroke Levi type people on our estate that we think would never bother with any of this? Would not bother with any of this. <clears throat> I think people that say that they um, really don't believe in um, their audiences. Yep, I think I'm just asking who are the write-offs? Who are the people that no one else wants to talk to, like the tax collectors? Who are the ones that are kind of off-limits, no-go areas for decent people like us? Who, who are the ones in our state who like that? Yeah. 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 Echoes. Yeah. Or they think that they're really Yeah. 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 Who are the others? Drug addicts. Drug addicts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so crackheads? No. Don't want them. Who else? Yeah, yeah, part of that crew, yeah. Same, same gang, yeah. People that um, idolise clothes and money and they make it their world. Yeah, actually, that was, was Matthew, isn't it? Matthew yeah. made money his world, and, and you, can, you can see that. Um, and you think, now then. Uh, I'm not into that at all. Um, cut them off. No. Yeah, <clears throat> they're not going to be interested. It eases them for a, a 
Yeah. So we can say, oh, there's, there's much of a lost cause the drug is and the alcohol is. Yeah. 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 That's right. You, they're not nice to know, are they, in the sense that you wouldn't think, you know, you know anyone going to to Rob, because he's, he's, he's a good bloke, he's happy, he's, 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 he's fun. Um, a depressive? No. Uh, uh, not, uh, not a happy bunny. Don't want it. We like happy bunnies. No. Who are the others? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really want to be around people who are Yeah. Scary in any way. Yeah. It's easy to ignore them and keep my distance. Yeah. Rather than having an interaction with them. Yeah. It's a tough call, isn't it? Because you get them on the tube last minute when you're travelling late at night and someone sort of walks into the gate and says, it all right. And you think, you, you turn this off. You should turn this off.